and welcome to another edition of IDS Talks. My name is Hunter McMahon, and I'm, I'm the COO at IDS. Today with me is Jacques Knack. We're going to be talking about offboarding employees. We're often talking about securing data when we have it. What about when it might be leaving the company? But before we get there, Jacques, you spent quite a while in compliance and, and thinking about how to protect companies' data. What's the first thing that comes to mind when we're talking about offboarding and uh, an employee? That's a loaded question. Um, the first thing that comes to mind when uh, when separating for employees, or actually before I answer that, I want to address one thing. My dad worked for the same company for over 40 years, you know, to, to him and looking at him work, it was normal and it was expected that I would join one business, one company, and I would spend my life there and I would retire. In, in today's, today, in today's um, business environment, that isn't the case for the majority of us. Some people still get to work in one company the entire lives, but most people get to change companies, usually average every one to two years, sometimes over three years. That means that um, you have just enough time to learn about the intricacy of the business and to have it. And just when you know enough about that business, you're walking out the door. The risk of that migration are at various level. As a business owner, you have somebody who has now learned your business, who is now being a contributor to leaving. The amount of expertise and know-how and the training you spent bringing this person up to date is now going out the door. We have to think about your intellectual property, your special processes and how you're working with stuff. You have to think about the secrets, how you handle um, scandals or issues within the organizations. All of that is one more um, um, risk walking out the door. And we want to prevent and think about that. Um, so, well, hold on, before we keep going, I, you know, you, you kind of drew a picture of two lanes, right? And, and oftentimes IDS is called in when somebody suspects a former employee has taken something, they've taken the secret recipe, they've taken intellectual property, we'll call it a flash drive and upload or sending an email, some kind of forensic artifact that we are after to investigate that. But you bring up a unique aspect that is also part of a compliance mindset, which is processes and procedures and making sure you have that documented so that when somebody leaves, you're not left without cover to train the next person to make sure that you have business continuity. That's right. Um, you know, businesses are living organism and they grow because of the people that become part of that organism. And when they leave, it's very akin to having to replace a limb. It's very important. Uh, we design processes around the competencies of the people that are available in the company at that time. And regardless of the title, the educations, they all achieve and fit into this organism, organism in a very different way. And replacing someone, because we're not all spare part, is not really as simple as replacing the tire on your car. You have to find the person that who's going to achieve at the very minimum the business needed objectives and 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 and, uh, and, and needs and um the second uh, the second uh, layer you have to think about the growth of that business the growth of that position so that's right the other part of it is of course a lot of people bring in their intellect despite 
the work they've regenerated sometimes belonging to the company, they feel that they have contributed the most or the majority of it. For many of us, um, for many people, not many, many, many people, I'm not going to say many of us, um, there is an attachment or a, um, a sense of ownership into the ideas that were created or contributed to an organization. And so while it may be illegal or frowned upon or against a contractual agreement, even when it's legal, to want to take information and or contribution that you've brought in in terms of ideas, patents, so forth, as you leave an organization, the organization is wary of that because now it's part of the value proposition. And so as a business owner, a lot of uh, the, 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 the clients are looking to preserve that and to ensure that they can continue to perform and compete to the same level even after that key employee leaves the company. At the same time, the employee himself is thinking about his future, his family, being able to provide for them, and he realizes that, you know, this is things that are very key to his specialty, and they may want to go with it. So it comes down to discussing and putting in place uh, an arbitrage for what information can be taken by the organization, and it's an opportunity for organizations and employees alike to consider what are the conditions for that exchange of information at the time of a very, of a very unfortunate event. So part of that, and what I'm hearing from you is that it, it is a proactive expectation management. You know, what, what, what are you here to do and what are we all of the understanding? And really there's an aspect of the company protecting that intellectual property way before any kind of offboarding. But then when you're going through an offboarding event, it's about the mutual education on the way out, if you will, and making sure that you understand what controls are in place, what an employee may or may not be able to take. Um, we've we've experienced, you know, the ability to request personal documents from a computer uh, company issued computer because the company wanted to make sure that 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 opportunity was there, but it was in a controlled mechanism as opposed to sure take whatever you want. That's right. I think that um, in the, well, utopic world of severance, which is a TV show now you might see on TV, um, the workers have no recollection of their personal identity when they are in the work environment. And they have no recollection of their work identity when they are in the personal environment. They actually have no knowledge of vice versa, even though and, and that was the proposal or essentially the proposition of this particular environment. That isn't the case today. When you get home, you take away with you a lot of what has happened at work. And when you go home, when you go to work, you take a lot of that, of what happened at home to your office. That means that in building and becoming involved with the business organism, you may bring your kids, um, Pictures about your trophy, they, the, the, uh, you know, your very proud pictures of them graduating from high school. It may be on your desk, it may, may be on your laptop. You may have a very long lost picture or a specific memento. And well, well, but but I think something you just said triggered a thought. Is it used to be we had the pictures on the desk, the kids' homework in, up in the background, right? The the hobbies, if you will, that personal thing that fit in a box. 
But now that's electronic. So much of that never gets printed. So much of that never ends up in a frame. It's on my phone. It's on my iPad. It's the background on my desktop. Our worlds have changed. You might be using a company provided phone. You might have all your personal communications on the company on the, on the device that was provided by the organization. And as such, um, because you don't want to carry two phones or two devices, all of your personal assets are on that phone that you have now that you not have to turn in. And you may not have enough time to do this migration. That is just from the employee side. As on the employer side, there are significant risks that they have to attune for and they have to, to manage for. So mitigation becomes a key con- uh, a key uh, um, uh, um, tool in addressing all those concerns. We have to mitigate and actually look on the case-by-case basis. What is that risk there? There is the legal requirement and there is the human component, right? People come to work for you and they're coming to work for you, not as a robot, but as a human being. And we've seen more and more companies pay attention to that and allowing a special time to collect and gather those personal pictures, to collect and gather those critical documents. You may have received your trust documents or your inheritance document through the email in your business, in, at your business email, allowing you to collect that information. At the same time, the organization may be um, you know, uh, concerned about your continued access to a very critical you know, IP drive or, you know, project drive. And for that, they may want to have some some things in place. So we're talking about what kinds of control can one put in place, not only looking at the regulation, the regulations, the uh, impact to your business, but also the employees on life. What we see with respect to good governance and what we've seen with a lot of very good companies is that they always pay attention to the human component. They always look at the fact that those people who are now leaving the organization for a very long time were a key part of that organization and they gave their all to it. And so we want to extend them that, that additional courtesy or at least look at it on the case-by-case basis, measuring the risk rather than having blank, blank slate um, or, or uh, rules that are, are applied across the uh, across the board. I think that's important, though, as as anybody is assessing risk and how to mitigate it is understanding the various dynamics that may be in play. And offboarding an executive is far different than offboarding a, you know, one of thousands of employees, so to speak. Right. Like, I mean, it, it depends on the level of access. It depends on what information and what role somebody had and making sure that the mitigation strategy is crafted appropriately. And yes, and I would add to it beyond their roles and how much they were paid is also the importance to the organization. You've you've heard stories of uh, somebody who was not an executive, but who had a, you know, a, a, a life-changing impact to the lives of many other employees. This concept of independence goes beyond just to the ability to complete the task, but to the fact that you have a support system within an organization and you're about to lose it. The company is about to lose it. Your employee is about to lose it as well. But thinking about some of these topics um, that uh, we have to cons- consider when uh, you know, uh, reviewing these mitigation controls, one is uh, unauthorized access, right? 
you want people to be able to take what is important to them, personal pictures, family pictures, important documents that may have been sent to them because they provided a business email address. You want to provide an, an, a way for them to retrieve this information. You want to think about, um, in the case of disgruntled employees, to what extent do they present a threat and how can you mitigate that threat? And how do you make sure that that posture doesn't extend to people who are not disgruntled and who don't present any additional risk? Uh, you want to think about um, to the extent that you have an extended um, um, severance period, how you can provide continued access to your environment, to your network, so that they can continue to do what they have to do until their final dates um, of employment arrives. Uh, you want to think about how to restrict access to critical data, even temporarily, or add additional controls to prevent continued access to critical data. And it, it, the list goes on. Um, a lot of it is that our typical backup and disaster recovery strategy do not account for this particular mechanism. And it will be too onerous to have all these mechanisms in place at all times, right? The another um, um, uh, component that we have to add, which is a a consequence of, of um, recent law enacted, the WARN Act in many states, uh, when companies are experiencing a hard, um, uh, a difficult event, they have to abide by the WARN Act. They have to notify the, uh, all employees of an imminent reduction in force. That means you have a large number of people who all of a sudden will lose their their, their benefits, they will lose their job, et cetera. I think anybody on LinkedIn now has seen a friend, a colleague, somebody related to them, you know, posting about uh, being let go all of a sudden. The fact is companies have a, an obligation now to publish uh, uh, these events in advance to prepare those. And, and, and because of potential negative publicity arising out of those, out of those type of exercises, companies are looking at various strategies to minimize the impact on their shares, their stock, their clients, their reputation. And sometimes, you know, providing people with two, three months, five months of severance pay and letting them go on the day they're making those announcements so that they can mitigate the impact on that. So there is a lot that goes into separation today that is very different and definitely not what, you know, the generation of our parents, the boomers had to deal with. Um, well, and, and I think one of the biggest changes is remote work and offboarding somebody that's not sitting across the table from you and you can't physically take the laptop or the phones or the devices and you have to have the remote capabilities of locking down the systems to prevent the inappropriate access whether or not it's termination or voluntary separation there is a timing element that you've got to make sure you've got the capabilities to secure your data remotely Absolutely. So remote works definitely adds a level of complications to this equation. There is, there are uh, palpable security concerns to think about, but there is also a huge, huge emotional event happening on both sides, right? It used to be that when people were being let go at an organization, you may have the security officers right outside the door escorting you to your car and letting you know that your items would be boxed by someone else and brought to you. 
Today, you are at home. You may not have been expecting this to happen. You were thinking of ending day as usual and going back to work the next day. And just on the very last hour, you're told in a five-minute call that you let go. At that minute, your phone is turned off. Your um, access to company resources are turned off. Your access to email is turned off. And all of a sudden, you feel that you've lost more than just the job. You've lost a sense of community and a number of other things. In that event, many times, company may turn very good employees employees into disgruntled employees, not because of the rift itself, but because of how it happened. So it's important to take note of that and to plan for the communications and to plan for how uh, those individuals may have access to this information. So talking about how they may get access to their personal data is something that may, be, uh, may have to be communicated in the early notices that they receive providing clear instructions as to how they can collect that information, the pictures, the photos, the phone numbers that are there. We've seen companies even, you know, allowing uh, their employees to maintain and keep their devices because it's just easier that way, et cetera, et cetera. So it's about building the right checks and balances, and it's all different from one company to another. So what you're saying is it's complicated. There is no single answer, and it depends. As you know, um, uh, this such is life. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair though. I mean, it, it is it it is a goal to m- mitigate the risk, but the goal there is not perfection, and everybody's circumstances are unique, and so it, it does truly take a, an evaluation of that to make sure that you are achieving the overall company goals as opposed to just a risk mitigation goal. Yes, but one thing I'd like to say is that as complex as the process might be, and these are things that you know the compliance team at IDS is very well equipped to 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 to, um, to help you set up. Once you build a protocol and a process, the subsequent events and nobody is wishing for it. Should it happen, well, you'll be more ready. And these are conversations that have to be. Uh, uh, that have to be that, that you should have proactively as opposed to when it actually happens. Um, you limit risk, you limit cost, and you actually ensure that uh, you're building long lasting relationships. One thing that I've learned is that we are all getting together for one reason, and we are sometimes getting separated for another reason, but it doesn't mean that we won't get back together at a later, at a later time. And because of that, it's more about you know, mending fences and building bridges and establishing that uh, we have a positive experience as we are sometimes walking away to do other things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, as always, Jacques, I want to thank you for joining us today. And of course, our listeners, if you'd like to learn more about IDS or subscribe, you can visit IDSINC.com or wherever you normally get your podcast. Thanks again for joining us. And we look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you, Hunter.